Hi, and welcome to Unhinged History, the podcast where Angie and Teresa join each week and we tell each other stories that we hope the other one's never heard before. Most of the time we get it right. I'm Teresa. I'm Angie. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Can I tell you, can I, can I add to my, um, Irish crown jewels? Uh, yes. Okay. Because this is so funny and I'm so sad that I did not, I did not share this with you. Um, Remember, okay, remember the the Pierce Gun Mahoney character that was like super loyal to the head guy? Yeah. Okay. Um and, and Angie's referencing episode eight, Dick Gorgeous, by the way. So if you haven't yeah. heard that one yet, spoiler alert. <laughs> Go back and have a listen, because this is pretty amazing. Um, after everything was done and and the you know, they they investigated the whole theft and all that, Pierce Gun Mahoney goes back to the family home in County Kerry. Um, where he remained close to Vickers, the the head guy in charge. Um, <clears throat> it's said there's some there's some there's some reference to Sherlock Holmes that perhaps part of his ad- Pierce Gun Mahoney's adventure with Vickers um, is could be related to the vicious circle claims that the, the Adventure of the Bruce Parrington Plans was a, th- a thinly veiled like hit from Sher- from Arthur Conan Doyle about the Irish Crown Jewels and their their whole fiasco, um, which I thought was interesting to say. But my favorite my favorite part about this is one afternoon Pierce Gun Mahoney decides to, or decides to go across the the lake to visit some friends for tea. Yeah. And the lake is covered in waterfowl. So he brings his rifle t- just in case. He's found dead the next day. No foul play was suspected. <laughs> so he dick chained himself? I don't know, but when I read, okay, it says. Mahoney took a shotgun with him. His body was... This is the Atlas Obscura article yeah. um, from Dan Nasowitz that I read, um, or that I was reading parts of. It says, his body was discovered the next day near the boathouse. He had been shot through the heart. Foul play has often been suggested, but neither has been proven nor disproven. I thought the play on words was so funny that, like... Oh, yeah, the foul play? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm going across a lake with my rifle or my shotgun or whatever. And this lake is known for foul. Wait a minute. <laughs> a shotgun to the heart and foul play couldn't be involved. Like, <laughs> I feel like either way, rifle or shotgun, it doesn't matter. You can't do it to, to yourself via the heart. I mean, what are you doing? Pulling it with your toes? Like, do you have some type of mechanism? I feel like you would have to have some type of like pulley system built. I mean, unless somehow it misfired or he dropped it or i don't i don't understand i don't maybe i don't know enough how guns work Uh, no i think that you're on the right track um but i just i so no nothing has ever come from that like they don't they don't know what happened but the play on words of a late cover and foul and they expected literally slayed me and i was so upset when i realized i did not tell you that (laughs) so So when i chose my story this week I didn't, 
at the time I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm definitely going to do this. And then as I was getting into it, I was like, oh yeah, my story ties back to a previous episode. Oh, I love that. So you remember how I told you when I was doing the honey war, how I started, or sorry, when I was doing the pig war, I was researching something mm-hmm. and there was a couple of really bizarre lines that made me go, wait, go back one. And then I switched stories completely midship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the story of the honey war. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Which is almost as ridiculous as the pig war of episode three. I don't think there's any way to get as ridiculous as the pig war, if we're being honest. I mean, you say that. (laughs) (laughs) You say that. Um, I'm going to leave with my sources. Okay. So that USPS, you know, the United States Park National Parks, you know, uh, article, not USPS, Mm -hmm. because that's the Postal Service. Um, (laughs) But the National Park (laughs) Service uh, article that I read about the pig war. Mm-hmm. I found the original article that I've been reading on the honey war. There's an article from the Gazette called time machine, the honey war when Iowa and Missouri almost came to blows over the border. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's where we're going. I like it. All right. So 20 years before American and British forces fought the pig war fought. So, be I'm sorry. This is, be- before. This, is, this is, this is pre- before this okay. is the precedent. Okay. Um, the states of Iowa and Missouri engaged in a similar conflict. I love and it's this so much. Hilarious to me that states, independent states of a country, engaged in a conflict. Like that concept, I find hilarious. Um, and it's also due to imprecise treaty language. Oh, that'll get you. Okay. The inept work by the official surveyor and the territorial rivalry led to armed conflict between two newly settled states. Iowa's claim rested on the survey made by John C. Sullivan in 1816 when the United States signed a treaty describing the border between the U.S. and the Osage tribe. The Osage is a group of Indians that at one point become the wealthiest nation in the world. Okay. At one at one point, I'll, I might want to cover that story because it's oh my goodness grief. Um, at this point, Iowa and Missouri had not become states or territories, so they're kind of small chumps in this whole thing. Sullivan, however, didn't draw a straight line as he intended to, leaving a boundary that edged north as it headed eastward, that varied markedly from the official boundaries on maps. What Sullivan did is he didn't understand how compasses truly work, which is something I feel like a surveyor should understand. I was actually just going to ask, you said he was a surveyor, right? Yeah. I feel like you should have real keen understanding of your instruments. Yep. So he didn't pay attention to the difference between magnetic north and true north. Oh, okay. Now, maybe my um, one merit badge in orienteering from decades ago makes me feel like a bit of an armchair quarterback here (laughs) but i feel like i could probably have done better because again as he was going that line just kept going more and more northbound and so when the state of missouri was created three years later it inherited the wavering and imprecise boundary that sullivan created for the state of missouri yeah okay within a decade oh and by the way to mark that territory he had created just piles of dirt 
Oh, as you do. Because what better? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just a boundary line. We're not going to worry about that. And so within that decade, the mounds that he created had eroded. As you do when it rains. So that makes the boundary even more worse. And in 1837, the state of Missouri sponsored a resurvey, which adhered to the treaty language, uh, sort of. <laughs> okay. So the original treaty language referred to the, quote, Des Moines Rapids as a turbulent part of the Mississippi River as the endpoint of this line. But the new surveyor instead looked for some sort of rapids in the tranquil Des Moines River. If the new line was accepted, this would give the state of Missouri an additional 2,616 square miles of territory at the expense of Iowa. Oh, that's no. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. The two sides are at an impasse, and Congress appointed a commission with an Iowan, a Missourian, and a federal representative. So this is already like these three walk into a bar. <laughs> but Missouri soon withdrew its participation, and its leaders knew that a mutually agreeable set settlement would likely deprive it of some of its land. They're like, you know, we're not even going to play because no matter what, we're we're set to lose. Right. Taking my I ball and going home. Yes. At this point, the three op- there's three options that remained. The inexact Sullivan line, the Missouri survey, or the new survey, which corrected Sullivan's errors and favored, favored Iowa even more. <gasps> oh, so, no. So there's the original, the one that slightly upsets me, and the one that really upsets me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So as this dispute simmers, the Missouri government officials decide to enforce their claims by sending a tax collector into the disputed territory in July of 1839. And here's the line that got me the first time, which is how Washington state began to first assess or assert territorial control in the years before the pig war. So before the pig war started, Washington said, we're, we're going to head over there. We're going to send John. John's going to go hit up both the British and the Americans for tax money. And that's how we're going to build some revenue in this state. Okay. You know what? I'll take it. And it was that line that made me go, forget the honey war. I got to learn more about this pig war. I'm sorry. You said what? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I mean, and it was just like reading this and hearing about I, I I feel like I need to really step up my, my bullying game because I've <laughs> never decided you know what I'm gonna do to prove my point I'm just gonna assert absolute dominance and I'm going to make them pay me that's gonna solve everything they're gonna go you know what you're right yeah Here's here money. it works I'm, I'm I'm on your side I mean it's maybe. worked great for the British Empire and the mafia yeah there you go I I need to quit everything and start up a new venture that's what i'm learning yeah i got you so in late august both states had issued proclamations proclaiming that the disputed territory was their rightful real estate and they would use force to maintain it and here's where stuff starts kicking off because in october 1839 missouri sheriff uriah gregory entered the disputed territory to collect taxes and was forced to return to missouri or face violence from iowans (laughs) Sorry. And just, so, I don't know. I guess I've just assumed Iowa was a peaceful people. <laughs> suddenly that Midwestern grace is just disappearing. 
just gone right out the right out the window with the with the bad potato salad that you left in the fridge for three weeks. Yep. Yeah. In retaliation, and oh, here's where there's there is some interesting discrepancy. Missouri settlers or the angry tax collector cut down three trees known to be storehouses of honey by local bees. This is in the time before chainsaws. So he's Have, there hacking away with his with his axe. I mean, that has got to be a full day job. Like, let's let's say you can do all three trees in a day. That is all day of being so angry and swinging an axe. I mean, he's got to be ripped, though. Like, you got that going for you. At least by the end of it. I mean, have you ever seen a tax collector so ripped they just cut down trees? Like, they're not the pencil necks of the IRS. No, I can't. I, I can't say I have. Yeah. And so this this brought me through, like, an interesting like rabbit hole. Cause I was just like, okay, so if they cut down trees, like why are the locals upset? Like, are the, do these trees replenish? Like, how do you harvest local honey? Yeah. And that so, is a good question. Yeah. Like, I mean, cause if you're just like, st- like, is it going to replenish? And so, okay. So to harvest honey, wild honey, at least as I understand it from my imperfect research, you would take a bee and you would give it a large amount of sugar and then you would keep it caged and then you would let it go and you would follow the bee because the bee would go straight back to its hive. Now it's a bee, so it's super small, but it'll fly in a direct line. So you would trace it back to that tree. And it's like, okay, so that's how you find the bee, but I'm going to assume that's kind of difficult. So either way he gets there and then it's like, okay, so to harvest the honey, like, can you be like a modern beekeeper and only take some of the honey so that it replenishes? Like, why would this cause so much of a stir? And when you're harvesting a wild hive, it seemed like most, like a large majority of the time, you have to destroy the hive to actually get to the honey. Okay. And so it's like, all right. So basically he took three natural resources that wouldn't replenish that hadn't already been harvested. So it's like finding mushrooms in the woods That's and, how that and taking it's that true, mushrooms. Yeah. It's just more... It's just harder to do. Like you have to commit more to taking honey than mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, okay, so if it was the Missouri Settlers, that's a <laughs> bummer. I never thought I was going to hear in my life. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but if it was the tax collector who cut down the trees, it was quote a symbolic gesture of government overstepping and seizing control of natural resources. I mean, I'd argue they did him a solid, right? If the tax man comes to my house and I don't pay him and he goes and picks some wildflowers and gives that to Uncle Sam instead, I feel like that is really doing me a solid. Yeah, I mean, like he is looking at the situation and going, okay, I I can't go back empty handed. I'll just take this resource right here and be done with it. Unfortunately, I don't think that's how it works in modern America. No, no. And it, it didn't work back then either because the locals were pissed that there were three <laughs> less hives for them to harvest and destroy. And so it's at huh. that point that the sheriff tries a second time. And so on November sheriff 20th. Sheriff Uriah? Yes. I love him. Okay. And on November 20th, the sheriff of Iowa's Van Buren County is a, arrests him. The <laughs> county had no jail. So Gregory was kept at the Iowan sheriff's home until he could be moved to a jail. And I'm assuming maybe they had like some bars in the outhouse, you know, where they would just pe- put somebody they didn't want to get lost, get lost. Jeez, I speak <laughs> English. Um, 
but when I first read that, I was just like, oh, he's just sitting at the dining room table. Like, I guess I'm arrested. I guess I'll stay here now. That was exactly the image I had, like him having dinner with the family. Yeah. <laughs> Shackled to the dining room table, you know, just like. It's okay, little Johnny. This is just a normal Tuesday. Yeah. Napkins in the lap. Chew mm-hmm. with your mouth closed and no elbows on the table. Hey, Johnny. No, 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 no. We don't bother the other man. He's answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. So in response, the Lewis County of Missouri prevents any mail from entering the territory of Iowa. <laughs> this just gets pettier and pettier. I know, which is why I was like, okay, this is pretty awesome. Missouri <laughs> forces were ready to march on the city mm-hmm. to rescue their sheriff. Oh my God, I love it. Come on, lads. I know. I have, I've never had to think about what I would do to break my law enforcement out of whatever <laughs> jail they were in. So this just this is just a whole new level of anarchy that I hadn't even put my brain in. Yeah, I'm going to say that thought has never once crossed my mind either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the thought of different sheriffs imprisoning each other is hilarious to me. It really is when you think like you you kind of expect things like that in movies right like just the absurdity of it yeah but to to know that we know it happened in real life is even funnier like the, over the trees get it from life over tre- oh yeah over trees it's three not even like trees three not and he's like, it wasn't even the sheriff that cut him down no <laughs> i love it so much <laughs> so this continues to escalate. And in December 3rd, 1839, G.A. Hendry, the deputy marshal of the Iowa Territory, sent a letter to the governor of the Iowa Territory, Robert Lucas, reporting that a, bar- a body of armed men from the state of Missouri, numbering 40 to 50, came into Van Buren County, that part of the territory over which Missouri pretends to claim jurisdiction, and proceeded to demand by sizable force and carry away property of the citizens of the United States as payment for taxes that they claimed were due to Missouri. As all this is going on, rumors are spreading in Missouri that their sheriff was kidnapped by Iowan farmers, leading to Missouri to call out the state militia between 600 and 2,500 Missouri troops. So we already have a discrepancy because the letter says... 50, but one article claims 2,500. Hey, you know, when you're mad, you're mad. But how drunk are you to confuse <laughs> 50 and 2,500? I don't feel like it was a drunk thing. What if it was just like a, um, if we make it sound bigger, it'll be more frightening and they'll just agree to let him go kind of thing. Like, they Hold don't have thought. satellite cameras. It, it continues to escalate. but wait there's more (laughs) behind door number two so lucas promptly orders three divisions of the iowa militia to support the u.s marshal in defending the iowa territory so iowa creates its own militia and it with self-provision and outdated weapons including rusty swords left over from the war of 1812 as you do revolutionary war muskets you know, the blunderbusses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Farming implements refashioned into weaponry, such as 
such as a butter turn dasher and a plow blade on a chain. I need pictures. I wish I had them. Because this sounds like a motley crew of misfits. Yes. It, like this this sounds like a, a group of, of husbands got together at the local pub. I mean And this, their yeah. wives are all at home shaking their heads like these mm-hmm. fools, what have they done? As like the man is slowly wrapping the barbed wire around the end of his bat. Yep. I mean, yeah. that is the level of of what we're going with. The Iowa governor supplies five barrels of whiskey to his hastily provisioned army. And at their camps, soldiers begin to, looking for vengeance, use the battle cry, death to the invading pukes. Which, oh, That's a great battle cry. Yeah, I'm not even upset at that. That's pretty fabulous. So they're fighting about 50 men with five barrels of whiskey and a butter turn dasher. <laughs> feel like they're not using the whiskey to fight <laughs> i don't know if you've been to enough bar fights i feel like the whiskey helps i i know i'm certain it helps with the 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 nerve if you will yeah but i i, I doubt they're throwing whiskey barrels no I oh mean, no, maybe, no, no, no no maybe once they're empty maybe once they're empty and they're useless otherwise that's true and i'm sure you could take them apart and turn them into several other weapons oh for sure well yeah i mean these guys seem pretty inventive <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine it's like you go out to churn butter and you're like damn it uriah you took it apart i needed the i'll get this what am i gonna do huh should i take your baseball bat with the the barbed wire at the end and use that as the churn what am i gonna do yeah now? and then you have to go down to the local to the local uh mercantile and explain to the counter guy that uriah took your butter churn i need and the butter need, churn t500 the one part yeah <laughs> No, that that's that's a different make. I I need it's not even going to fit. You remember the one you sold me last year? I need the part that goes to that one. Yeah, like you can't switch entire models here. Like that's not going to work. That's it's just not even the right This is shape. rural Iowa. Come on. <laughs> I can't Amazon Prime that. Dude. <laughs> So we have to think about everything else that's going on because the Speaker of the House in Washington at this point is urging Congress to intervene to avoid a civil war between these two states. (laughs) That didn't happen for Washington in the pig war. (laughs) It did only because they barely got it. But like it reached London and D.C. about the same time. And both sides were like, holy crap, we can't do another war. (laughs) Like sit down. It was a pig. Give him ten dollars. Come on, man. (laughs) As all this is going on, the Missouri militia is very discontent as their militia is unpaid. Oh, that is unfortunate. Yeah. So the militiamen divided a deer carcass into two parts, hung them from trees, and declared that they are an effigy of each the governors, both Missouri and Iowa. The soldiers fired a few rounds at them until we had considered them dead. Dead! Now, one They weren't dead to begin with when you hung them in the tree? You know, they're representing the governors. Remember, they're an effigy. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're an effigy. Okay, okay, okay. The deer meat was then buried with military honors, including (laughs) gun salutes from the soldiers who had shot it in effigy. Now, some reports said they were shot so fully that they weren't burying the carcass, they were burying the parts like a scraping up the chunkies 
That's gross, but that checks. Yeah, okay. So shortly after this bizarre ritual, the two states' legislatures agree and let the federal government mediate the boundary on both sides. <laughs> they were demobilized and withdrew without firing a shot. I mean, except at the deer. <clears throat> Though Congress issued a boundary proclamation five years later, Missouri continued to litigate. Ultimately, the Supreme Court intervened a decade later and the conflict and in the conflict and decided that the original Sullivan line would stand. <gasps> so the original man who can't use a compass, even though he's a surveyor, did a good enough job. I feel like maybe he's learned to use a compass since then, I would hope. I can only imagine that if you go to survey school, you learn about the Sullivan line and you think, oh, yeah. I'm not going to be that cuts from the 1800s. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So it's at this point that the two states erect boundaries that roughly confirm the original boundaries. And instead of using piles of dirt clog, they use cast iron pillars. Okay. Now, the problem is with these cast iron pillars is we don't necessarily get to see most of them because of, you know, erosion and land. You know, like every, basically most of them are disappeared. Oh, dear. They're disappeared. We're, <laughs> we're, we're good enough, right? Yeah. And so in March of 1840, the Salt River Journal that is published in Bowling Green, Missouri, had an interesting take on the conflict. Their statement... To avoid all trouble, it wrote, it only required the governor of Missouri should perform his obvious constitutional duty to see that the law of the survey of the northern boundary was faithfully executed before the occupation of the disputed district under either Missouri or Iowa, period. Full stop. Correct. Do and so your job. <laughs> Basically, you you literally had one job in this, and that was just to make sure that Sullivan's drunken line maintained. <laughs> That's all you had to do. So the only casualty in this war was the deer and the bees. The honey war is one of numerous bloodless conflicts over boundaries in the early United States. And it <laughs> provided the precedence for the pig war. Oh, my God. Gosh, that makes me so happy. Like, okay, so I'm imagining, um, I, I don't remember his name, but I'll just say Samuel. I'm imagining Samuel up there, like, stewing about his pig and being like, you know, you know, do you remember that time in Missouri? <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I, could, I could escalate things a bit. I don't want his $10. I want war. I mean, it's fascinating to know that this was literally what started it all and in theory I, I don't think people move around this much but what if it was the same taxman in missouri that is that then moves to washington state and then goes okay i got an idea it didn't work so well last time but i'm gonna do it a little bit differently instead of going for the same countrymen i'm gonna hit up the british there's already tension with the british yeah like yeah the United okay. States citizens don't like it when I hit them up for taxes that aren't theirs. But what if the British seem polite? Maybe maybe they're just going to hand it over. I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to try. Like, what the heck? What's the worst that can happen? It's, oh, it's an international start an, incident. 
No, it's not like there's going to be an imprecise treaty line that's going to kick this one off, too. Oh, no, 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 no. Just some guy's fence. Maybe we just needed to go back in time and become surveyors and draw treaty lines. I feel like that's the real takeaway. That is that is the career that allows people to stir the pot. Yeah. Can you not draw a straight line? Do you not, not know to how to read a my map? Life. I, then I maybe map, you should do treaties. I love it. I I am imagining 1800s version of myself with my magnetic north compass and um, my inability to tell time on a regular watch anyway. So, like, I feel like um, <laughs> things are going to be a little askew to begin with. Our, our longitude and latitude and all that's going to be some wars is going to break out. For all those playing at home during that pause, Angie lifted her hand very slightly and kind of <laughs> made this meh meh motion um mm. i don't even know how to wordly put that you know it's just like just other than the meh, like i'm literally gonna yeah. half-ass it meh. yeah i mean that was it yeah meh perfectly described my movement yeah <laughs> yeah like listen you do some people you know do what they're great at some people do what falls in their lap you're not <laughs> wrong thank you <laughs> oh my gosh the, and this was called the, the great honey the, the honey the, war the honey war okay it didn't get a great in front of it that makes me sad i mean we could start referring to it as the great honey war of 1839 implying that there was another one a le- the lesser honey war <laughs> yes <laughs> although you know in researching this one of the things that i was reminded of was when i think it was used against the roman soldiers when a group of roman soldiers came upon they thought unbeknownst to like accidentally um honey that had been used like the bees had actually harvested the pollen from oleander trees Ooh, that is unfortunate and they proceeded to eat this honey because boy it tastes amazing it's sweet it's you know what an amazing thing but it caused them to hallucinate because it didn't it didn't kill them right i don't think so like i i now want to go back through and really read through that whole history and understand like that whole thing but it was like and i think today you can still buy it it's like madness honey or something like that really that is not a honey i would want to mess with i just feel like i guess a little bit at a time yeah i mean you look at it, it's like you know you think about mushrooms yeah like there's mushrooms there's ayahuasca there's a ton of hallucinogens and people are like i mean obviously you you don't eat the entire pan of, of special brownies in a go you just have one noob <laughs> I, that, dude that that happened i'm totally kidding i've never eaten a pan of brownies not like that anyway i've eaten the entire pan of brownies but they weren't special brownies Okay, so the first time I I did, like, okay, so we were going to imbibe, and it had just become legal, and Mike had procured about $40 worth of pot, and as he's reading through recipes, he realizes, because this was my first time trying pot at all, he realizes, like, oh, gosh, I don't think I bought enough, and so he starts feeling really bad, and he decides he doesn't want to 
you know, it linger might make my pain linger on. So he's, he's just going to make the brownies without me. And I wake up in the morning, I see the brownies on the counter and I'm angry because it was going to be like a bonding exercise. We were going to do this together. And <laughs> I'm, I'm a little, little teed off. And he explains that he didn't get enough that, and I'm assuming in hindsight, it's because, you know, he was supposed to get like it, the recipes he were looking at called for a full ounce. And it may, it, I don't think it was all, but it had to be like a bunch of other, you know, Same. filler stuff. Um, and so I had looked up like a nerd, how long does a high last? And it lasts, you know, one to three hours. I was like, perfect. We'll put kiddo down for a nap at noon. And then when she wakes up, it'll be done. We'll watch a movie. It'll be great. Done. Right. All the fun. Yeah. yeah. So kiddo goes down for a nap and I queue up a comedy and Mike comes over and I take a brownie and I take a bite. I, cause I, you don't overdo it. Right, right. Be super, you know, like wait a bit, take some more. And Mike's response is, I'm afraid these are going to be really weak and I want you to have a good time. So I keep eating. <laughs> Thanks, and I'm Mike. like, okay. And so at this point I, I have a full tummy of brownie and I'm watching this comedy. I don't even remember what it was. And as I'm watching it, I hear the main character's voice inflection go up at the end of their sentence and i'm like okay so that obviously is a joke and then i hear mike laugh and then i turn my head to look at mike and my vision click 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 and then this wave of nausea hits me and i realize i'm not supposed to turn i need to push myself deep into the couch so that i don't move so that i don't let my vision do this to me and that was the start of it. And then oh. I started projectile vomiting. I'm sorry. It was over 24 hours before it had all gotten through my system. So the moral of the story here for those playing at home, don't eat the brownies. <laughs> don't eat a third of the pan of the brownies. Start start with the little bites, I guess regardless of what your dear husband well-intentioned is telling you i love this for you i'm sorry that it that it ended in projectile puking all over your oh house, it was but... it was so bad it was so bad yeah I'm so sorry <laughs> no i mean it was it was one of those things and it was just like just stare straight nobody knows what's happening inside you yours is just to make it through this day just stare at the ceiling, stare at the ceiling, stare at the ceiling. <laughs> yep. It'll it'll go away soon. Yours it'll is pass. just to survive. This too shall pass. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'll well, have to I'll have to hit you back when, when I've experienced something like that. <laughs> or come up. Maybe I'll make you some brownies and we'll have a very well measured experience. <laughs> just sitting on the couch correct (laughs) i love it oh my gosh that's too funny i'm sorry i'm sorry you puked no you're fine i realize that this episode has gone longer than i anticipated i guess i took a long time to tell the honey war um Um, i love it so what we could do is we could wrap up and then next time you could tell your story that's fine with me okay so that works for me on, on that note i'll tell people where to find us and we'll go from there and I'll high five you. Mm, like that. Boom. All right. So if you have enjoyed this story, then you can 
Uh, or you do, want Mike's recipe for the brownies. <laughs> then you can reach out to us and we are available at history at unhinged.historypod at gmail.com where we will exchange recipes, good, bad, and different, and you know, commiserate over horrible experiences. Or if you've got another story suggestion that you would really like to to share, we would love to hear it because so far I love pointless wars as I completely continue to indicate. And they um, are the best wars if we're being honest. The history of petty is what we're after. That's 100%. 100%. If it shows up as missing crown jewels, fantastical. If it's a pointless war, amazing. Mm-hmm. Sign us up. Yeah. Yeah. And share this podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, do all of it. Yeah, all the things. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.